Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, you know the name, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists to listen to uh, from the people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. In June, Libro FM launched their Kids Club and YA Club, which will offer select audiobooks priced under $10 each month, as well as their summer listening challenge. Each person to finish will get the free audiobook credit and the chance to win free audiobooks for a year if you complete the challenge extra credit. Listeners of When in Romance can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of just one month. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code BR3. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you are supporting local business. Hello, and welcome back to When in Romance, your favorite place to talk about romance novels and all the stuff happening in Romancelandia. This is episode 37, and we are recording on June 27th, 2019. Uh, I'm Jess. And I am Trisha, and we're with Book Riot. Uh, how are you, Jess? Are you recovered yet from your most recent travel? I'm not going to say trauma because that feels like a lot, but... Yeah, the, and, and I know some people who definitely had something more akin to trauma um, getting getting back home. Um, but I think I mostly recovered. I did not go all out when it came to trying to get immediately back into the swing of things, which I think helped because last time I had that kind of situation and went straight to work and then went straight to my writing group and then tried to do all the things, I was very sick. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to do that. And I am back and I'm here and it only took me two days to get home. And I slept, which is better than the last time. I have to tell you, I'm like a little bit sad that you're becoming an expert (laughs) on how to manage like horrific multi-day travel delays. I've just decided I'm not flying anywhere anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like that's fair. I feel like you guys have the Tucson Festival of Books. You'll be fine. Good to go. Everybody just come to me. I think that's very reasonable. (laughs) 
Um, but we have a lot of things. I, I mean, yeah, we got a lot of things on our agenda today, mm-hmm. but um, we have to start. I want to start actually uh, with a quick uh, correction and apology. Um, one of the Book Riot uh, Twitter followers um, helped us to see the error of our ways last time. We were talking about a book called Thaw by Elise Springer. And uh, we, and I think it was me, I'm almost sure it was me. I got the person wrong. So I described uh, which member when we were talking about books that were about asexual, aromantic, and just other folks on the grayscale of sexuality. I mentioned that in Thaw, um, the wrong person was Ace. So the actual asexual character in that book is Abby, who's the librarian, and not Gabrielle, the supermodel. Uh, you know, if if you need to know anything more than that to read the book, like the fact that the one of the characters is a librarian and the other is a supermodel. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Um, but I do apologize both to the listeners and, of course, to Elise Springer, who um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for. We were just kind of um, rattling off a couple of books at the end, and uh, I hadn't pulled up my Goodreads blurb to remind me, which I should have done. Um, so anyway, we do apologize for that. Um, thank you for the folks who let us know, because uh, we never want to make errors where we don't have to. So um, again... That is Abby, the librarian in that book, who is asexual. And Thaw is also a wonderful book, so please do consider picking it up. And we're going to talk about a lot of wonderful books today and some wonderful authors. But before we do, do we want to talk about an ad spot, which is also featuring a wonderful book? Yes, let's talk about another wonderful book and thank the people who provided this wonderful book. This one is Her Other Secret by Helen K. Damone. And... It is about Tessa Jenkins. Whitaker Island is more than a getaway. For Tessa, the remote strip of land in Washington State is a sanctuary. Fleeing from a shattering scandal, she has a new name, a chance at a new beginning, and a breathtaking new view in the name of Hanson Rye. It's hard not to crush on Whitaker's hottest handyman. At six foot three and all kinds of fine, he's also intensely private. And the attraction between them soon simmers dangerously out of control. If you've seen the cover of this book, you know that it's like the usual cover of a very muscular man in pants and no shirt, who also, I believe, is wearing glasses. Am I correct, Trisha? You are indeed, yeah. So, I mean, even just for that, we, we thank Helen K. Damone, um, and uh, her fabulous cover, cover designers, um, at Avon. And so that is her other secret by Helen K. Damone. Thank you very much for sponsoring When in Romance. I am so excited about this book. I was telling Jess before we started, it's sitting right here next to me because I was deciding between two books to start next and, um, I ended up starting the other one, which I'll talk about later. <laughs> but, uh, I love, first of all, this book is set in the part of the country that I am native to, Western Washington. And also, I love a handyman hero. Like, I can make my own money. <laughs> like, I can buy my own. Th- I don't need a billionaire hero. I need someone who can change my oil. <laughs> that is, yeah, I, uh, like I said, very excited to read that one. I support this. Maybe we'll steer away at this point from uh, Trisha's preferences in uh, working man romance heroes <laughs> uh, <laughs> and talk about some other things. We actually had some other follow-up um, from last week. Uh, first of all, we got a tip on another Patreon that you all might want to uh, subscribe to or support. Um, and that I will not mention the name of the person that sent it in case they would prefer 
that we not. Um, but that is the lesbian review, which looks like a great place to get uh, a lot of reviews of lesbian. I think they do books and movies and a few other kind of media TV shows, maybe. So um, it did look like a great option. I was actually kind of perusing some of their reviews of books um, as before we were, you know, earlier this afternoon. So uh, thank you for the suggestion on that. Feel free to check out the Lesbian Review. We will link to it in the show mm-hmm. notes. Um, we got a few other emails and notes and whatnot. Um, generally, people were uh, expressing their frustration about Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> um, we got a couple of folks who were a little bummed about the change in the Book Riot comment policy, but also understood because we have wonderful listeners yes, we do. who can you know, be both a little bit bummed and also understand what happened. Um, but we also found out last week that there is a new email address. Uh, it is just going to, in case you can't remember how to spell Trisha or which Jess or Jessica or variation thereof, <laughs> uh, you need for, um, the, you know, uh, comments that you want to send in. We do actually have a new one in romance email address. It is, and this is so easy, all lowercase, no spaces or underscores or anything. When in romance at bookriot.com. So, uh, you certainly can still email either of us, but if it's easier to remember and easier to send any email that you send to when in romance at bookriot.com will get to us. Yes, it will. Um, yeah, and we'll make sure that's in the show notes too. So, uh, I told Jess, um, so speaking of Nicholas Sparks, <laughs> we probably don't want to spend any more time talking about Nicholas Sparks, but probably should mention he did issue an apology. It was more a statement. Yeah, it's a statement which has some moderately apologetic language in it. I saw someone mention, and when I took a, a look through, it seemed like it was true to me as well, that he mentions sort of his, you know, things that he would do differently next time related to the LGBT community, uh, maybe the LGBTQ community. But I don't know that he specifically mentions any of the uh other stuff yeah i was gonna say allegations some of them are stronger than allegations but i'll use that term just to i don't know keep myself out of legal trouble (laughs) um related to some of the things that he said about um students of color so i don't know he says uh it's never been my intent to be unresponsive to the needs of the lgbtq or other minority community in fact the opposite is true and i trust my actions moving forward will confirm that it's much longer than that we can link to that too just so that you have it it's on twitter um it's actually very small so it's hard to read but (laughs) you know maybe you have a bigger screen than i do so that's fine yeah uh hopefully you do i think he might have posted it on his facebook um because it looks like a screenshot of some sort oh you're so smart (laughs) in the digital age knowing all these little tricks that people have well you know it's nicholas sparks Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a real good chance he's using Facebook. <laughs> you are not wrong. And yeah, like we said, we will link to it. We don't really need to go back through. If you're interested in that conversation, uh, we talked about it last week. Um, it's been in the conversation a couple of times now at on the main Book Riot podcast. Um, so feel free to get caught up or also feel free to just not read Nicholas Sparks books, maybe if that is how you want to not contribute to <laughs> his vast fortune <laughs> so it's one option there it is that, that sounds good yeah there we go yeah anything else we need to say about that or, or shall we shall we move on i think we're good with that i think we can sort of push nicholas aside for the rest of the year 
Once per annum, I think. God willing. The good Lord willing and the creek don't rise, I believe is the uh... (laughs) end. All right. So the next thing that we were going to talk about actually was something that you had suggested because I haven't been in the loop in it as much. So I'll let you jump on in. Sure. Um, And this is about a Twitter conversation that might even still be ongoing, but I remember coming across it a few days ago and sort of um, worked my way through it, got down to the gist. I don't know if the gist is the right way to say it, but um, it sort of stemmed from a conversation about whether, whether readers what their reaction would be to an author who previously wrote more steamy romance with sex on the page and then had shifted into more closed door. And um, the conversation kind of went off the rails early on, but then really dug deep into some some good concepts about why we talk about romance and the nature of sex on the page or lack of sex on the page um, in both, you know, people's preferences in people's sexualities um, and just in people like what people want to read. It's still a romance because it still ends with the happily ever after or happily for now. Um, and that is what really got down to, but it's, it's definitely a conversation worth scrolling through if you have the time. Um, because there are some really good um, points of view that I think a lot of people who just want, who who are just like, if it if it doesn't have sex, is it really a romance? And then it's like, hi, um, asexual characters in my books, they don't particularly enjoy having sex, so I don't make them do that, you know. So it's it's a it's a nice gamut of conversation that is very respectful of everyone's point of view. And it was great to see. And there's not like a hashtag or anything with that. Is there just, no, there isn't. I wish there, I wish someone had started one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe you and I can touch base after um, the recording too. And if there are a couple of folks or a couple of tweets that you thought were particularly helpful for folks who are trying to track it, we will link to those. And if not, then, uh, you know, just search Twitter for things about sex. <laughs> but maybe not things about sex, because that, that that might take you to very different things. Yeah, maybe be a little more discriminating than that. Um, but it does seem like the kind of conversation that it could have been very flippant and sort of sarcastic and people could have gotten very defensive. And it sounds like in some cases, maybe they did. But it is actually a really interesting conversation. I was thinking, um, last week, I was putting together a list for Book Riot. And I was thinking a little bit about um, Priscilla Oliveras, who writes really lovely romance, but at least in the books that I've read that she's written, there's no sex on the page. Mm-hmm. I think in one case, there the, the couple does have sex because surprise she ends up pregnant <laughs> secret baby <laughs> yeah but they're not so secret <laughs> she tries and I, if i'm remembering right she has to get up and like throw up in the uh, apartment of the hero before she has mentioned that she is uh with child as they say um <laughs> but anyway i think you know she and, and one of the things that i really appreciate about her writing and about um that book in particular it's the second book in the um series it's is it his, her perfect partner? I don't know. I will find it and I will link to it. But one of the things that I really appreciate about that book is the sort of balance of sex and religion and feminism and independence. Um, and so I think 
I don't know. That's that's just one example of someone who does not have sex on the page. But also, you know, for that same project, I was um, writing about Craving Flight, which is a Tamsin Parker book, which is fantastic. And it's about um, an Orthodox Jewish couple that is in, like sort of an arranged marriage that engages uh, in BDSM. And it sort of helps them build their relationship. So there, there really are a lot of different ways to approach that. And as you mentioned, there are asexual characters and there are menage romances. There's just so many different things. And I appreciate that at least some of the folks on Twitter were able to kind of parse the details and think with some more nuance about the different ways to approach sex in fiction. Mm-hmm. It was her perfect affair. Her perfect affair. Ugh, her perfect partner must be the first one. Anyway, they're both great. So read all, read the whole series. It's fantastic. It is. Uh, and appreciate um, the the skill with which uh, Priscilla Overs is writing romance without necessarily writing sex. Mm-hmm. So I will say this, though. One reason that some authors, unfortunately, may choose to not write about sex is because they don't want to get trolled on the internet mm-hmm. or harassed or otherwise bothered. Uh, I'm referencing, I'm, I'm doing a brilliant transition for those of you who can't tell to <laughs> a um, article that came out in Glamour, uh, at least Glamour.com. I'm not sure if it was in the hard copy magazine or not. Um, it's by Julia Carpenter. It just came out on the 25th and it's called Romance Novelists Write About Sex and Pleasure on the Internet That Makes Them Targets for Abuse. So the article, and we'll link to it too, uh, we just wanted to kind of mention it and let you know that it was out there so that you could find it. But it is a article about romance authors and the kind of very specific abuse that they take uh, on the internet, not just because they are women and in many cases, uh, women of color, but also because they write about sex. So people just sort of assume uh, that they, I don't know, are allowed to send them like gross abusive text or whatnot. So I don't know. It's pretty gross. Yeah. It's, I mean, none of it, none of it is surprising, I guess is it would, I don't remember the, the phrase that I've seen where it's like, I hate that I'm seeing this, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty good encapsulation of it. Yeah. Because people are terrible and romances are awesome. So something has to balance. Yeah. And there is, I actually appreciated this because I don't think you and I ever talked about it, but um, it does mention the uh, appearance that Stacey Abrams, um, who is an extraordinarily gifted politician and public servant, made on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and then how uh, Stephen Colbert, despite the fact that Abrams was not interested in, in explicitly told him, don't read from my books during this interview. Mm-hmm. Um he pressed on and read, you know, sections of her books, which is, it's that kind of obnoxious activity that somebody would be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. But it's mm-hmm. also explicitly a woman and a woman of color telling a white man who is in a position of power in that situation, please don't do this and having him do it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just so anyway, that's it's not just about that. But it does mention that particular infuriating event. Yes, yes. And that was probably the the tamest of the events that are discussed in this very thorough, very upsetting, but not surprising article. Um, and it's something that, you know, it's good to bring a, a light to 
that maybe people aren't aware of, but it sucks that even with something like this with such detail probably won't cause any change. Yeah, no, and that's a great point. It it does get much more dark and grim than that. So um, for sure, uh, content warning for abuse. Yeah, right out the bat, actually. <laughs> yep, that's, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, um, Alicia Rye uh, provided an anecdote for the story. Um, gosh, it feels so tame to use the term anecdote, but I guess that's what it is. Um, an example of, of someone who, so within the first three sentences of the article uh it gets it gets pretty pretty grim so so read with caution but uh if you if it is the kind of thing that you were able to read without causing yourself uh too much pain or consternation it is worth taking a look oh one other thing that i was going to mention that's significantly um cheerier than this (laughs) so so that we can start turning the corner before we go into our next ad spot is that i have um talked a little bit as i have been on the road this year about independent bookstores and whether or not they are selling romance and i am delighted to tell you that rediscovered books here in boise idaho uh is actually uh has a, a really strong romance section they had the entire reluctant royals series by Alyssa cole and i mean entire like they had the novellas oh nice um yeah it was great and right right next to them was a tessa dare book it was it was cool like it was they i think probably like any place could uh diversify a bit but the fact that they (laughs) even had a romance section and that they are taking part in romance bookstore day later this summer um was delightful we had a, a little conversation about the covers and the way that that you know, transition has been going towards some of the more illustrated covers and all that. But it was delightful to see that uh, Rediscovered Books is carrying romance. So if you are in Boise, Idaho, feel free to swing by. And to piggyback on that, I came across the fact that one of my other local indies, I talk about, I talk a lot about Antigone because it's the one that I um, am nearby most of the time because it's right down the street from my work. But mostly books, um, is another local indie that, um, carries mostly used romance, but they also, um, carry Frontlist and they are also participating in Bookstore Romance Day. Um, and I discovered that just this afternoon and was very excited and they're going to be hosting a live podcast, um, by a group from the local Arizona area. So I'm excited to attend that. And I may have suggested you say what they are called. Mostly books. Mostly books. So we have rediscovered books and we have mostly books, which is <laughs> about both of which I think are apt uh, descriptors for this podcast in addition to local bookstores. Absolutely. So that is great. Um, all right. Well, let me do another ad spot, partly because I'm just so excited about it. <laughs> Which is true because I actually just fin- I just finished this book. Uh, this episode of When in Romance is sponsored by Brazen and the Beast by Sarah McLean. Uh, and like I said, I just read this book. It's great. I will read you the publisher's description and then I will um, expand on it as needed. Uh, <laughs> the year of Hattie is off to a perfect start until she discovers the most beautiful man she's ever seen tied up in her carriage, threatening to ruin her plans before they've begun. Awakening at her feet, Wit is surprised the woman who frees him is headed for a night of pleasure 
on Wit's turf. He is more than happy to offer Hattie all that she desires for a price. Soon, Hattie and Wit find themselves rivals in business and pleasure. If they're not careful, they'll have no choice but to give up everything, including their hearts. So Hattie is a heroine who is smart, savvy, and curvy. Um, she knows what she wants. She wants to, I, I don't think it's giving too much away to say that she um, wants to take over the business that her family runs, but her father doesn't think she can do it. He thinks he has to give it to her brother, who turns out to be, like, a real dummy and also just causing a lot of problems. So let's not even get into that guy right now. Um, but so she has made this whole plan for how she can inherit the business, figure it all out. It's going to be great. Um, she has – oh, she has this best friend, Nora, who's amazing. <laughs> she uh, is like her – you know, she's the ultimate ride-or-die best friend. She's actually super funny and fun and, like, incredibly supportive. Uh, she also – Maybe finds a little bit of love with uh, someone we met in um, Wicked and the Wallflower. So, so, you know, there's a little little Easter egg for you there. <laughs> um, and Wit, who we also met in Wicked and the Wallflower, uh, is known as the Beast and a King of the Covent Garden. Um, he's a man of contradictions. He's a bare knuckle bruiser and a knife throwing wheel, or sorry, a throwing knife wielding bookworm. Um, he is also, like I said, somebody we, we met in the last book, but I will say you don't have to have read Wicked in the Wallflower in order to read this book. Um, I would recommend it. It's a great book. But if you haven't read it, you'll still be able to keep up to the extent that the characters and the story from that book are infused in this one. Sarah McLean does a great job of explaining. So you will definitely be able to keep up. Um, but yeah, it's a smart, funny heroine who will kind of take no prisoners and a uh, hero who is uh, certainly her match. So Highly recommend, but also thanks to them for sponsoring the show. Awesome. I'm thank you to them for sponsoring the show. I'm excited to read that. Um, I will get to it this year. I swear. Well, you've had a lot going on, Jess. In fact, you just got back from ALA. I did. Um, for those of you who aren't in the know, ALA is the American Library Association. So ALA as a, as a noun is kind of the short term for um, their annual conference, which they had in D.C. this year, um, they actually had some romance stuff happening, and that was fun. I got to meet Tiff Marcello, and she said, I recognize your voice, and that was very exciting. Aww, that's <laughs> delightful. <laughs> and also, she is a lovely person. Um, so that was probably one of the highlights of my trip. Um, but yes, I went to ALA and picked up way too many books and got to hear about some of the stuff that's coming up this year. So I have to ask you, did you get uh, Tiff Marcello to commit to writing a sequel to The Key to Happily Ever After? I wish I could say that I did. <laughs> and I told her this over Instagram. She said she was going to work on it. And I told her, let me know if I need to email her publisher. But that book <laughs> focuses on two of three sisters. And I really want the third sister's book. So anyway, Tiff, if you're listening, feel free to feel free to write that. Or whatever. Or don't. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. Whatever works best for you. But so if we actually do have some books that we know are coming out uh, over the course of the rest of the year um, that we're not trying to strong arm anyone into writing. Um, so what did you <laughs> see there or what have you seen out in the world that you're excited about? Gosh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> the, one of the things about ALA is that actually they don't push romance content like they push a lot of the other stuff. So I saw some books like on display that 
I did not have access to in other ways. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I have access to upcoming books and uh, information about them in lots of other ways. So I'll just use my good old noggin and other experiences to talk about a few that I am excited for. One of which is the second book um, in Avangale's tour date series, which I, I, for, I had been meaning to read the first one, which is the love song of Sawyer Bell when she published it with Riptide. And then she pulled it from Riptide and just published it with Karina Press. Um, and, uh, it was amazing, and there was a teaser for the second book that I did not read because I didn't know when the book was coming out, and I still don't because Goodreads won't tell me. Um, but that book is The Ballad of Whiskey Jacks, and that actual song title is mentioned in the love song of Soria Bell. So I was really excited to make that connection, and then the main character who was a guest um, and a point of contention actually in Sawyer Bell is the, one of the main characters in this book. So I'm really excited to see um, how his character acts without some of the others around. Dun, dun, dun. That sounds awesome. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, my first one uh, that I'm excited about that's coming out later this year is actually a cheat because it came out this week. Um, <laughs> so it's not so much coming out later this year as like right now this year. Uh, and that is The Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics by Olivia Waite, which I've heard <laughs> fantastic things about from people, um, including you, but from a few <laughs> others in the Book Riot realm. Uh, it is the story, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, Jess, of an astronomer who um, goes to a widower to try to help that widower fulfill her late husband who is a scientist's legacy uh and then my understanding is that as the astronomer is working uh with you know in the household uh maybe maybe some sparks fly mm. you know that's a uh, and it's a gorgeous cover it's a really really beautiful it's worth clicking through in the show notes just to even see the cover of this book but yeah i've heard from a lot of people who i really trust that that is a fantastic new romance so i'm excited about it yeah, and as well you should be, because I'll just tell you now, it's great. Um, and I look forward to reading maybe some more um, romances from Olivia Waite, mm-hmm. maybe featuring Regency-era science ladies. I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah. I feel like this is this is our episode to try to convince romance authors to write what we want them to write, So so go all in. Or if not Regency era science ladies, maybe some other kind of Regency era lady and maybe a Regency era science man of color. Oh. If you've read the book, you know who I'm talking about. But, you know. Oh. You're just messing with me. You know. Um, so anyway, yes, I support that excitement because it's such a great book. Um, and I am excited for you to read it, Trisha. Yay, me too. I have it. It's on my Kindle. It's ready to go. Yay! Um, one book that I'm excited about that comes out in August um, is One Day to Fall by Therese Bahari. I think that's how you say her first name because that's generally how you say it. But if it's not, please let me know. And then, you know, you and I will be in communication and I can harass you for more books. Uh-huh. Um, so One Day to Fall literally is about one day. A lot can happen in 24 hours is a sentence that is in the book description of this. Um, so there is a young woman who is dealing with her family um, in 
in a hospital situation that isn't fatal for anyone or dangerous or sad. Um, and she just needs to get away. So she hops into a cab and r- the cab driver is very grumpy and, you know, not the, not the person that she wants to escape with, but a lot can happen in 24 hours. So I'm really excited for this. I've loved all of the books that I've read of hers um, before. And she is one of very few authors who I've read who are from South Africa. So um, I really enjoy sort of knowing that I can read something that is still so, so at home for me by an author who's from a place on the other side of the world, and we can have that same connection. Oh, that sounds delightful. Now it's on my list, too. Um, yes. But since, you know, you already talked about it, I won't add it to my, you know, I'll, I'll talk about something different. Um, <laughs> and these, the next book that I will talk about is uh, Sapphire Flames by Elona Andrews, which is, um, as many of you know, because you are the ones who turned me on to the Hidden Legacy series, the next book, <laughs> it's sort of the next book in the Hidden Legacy series. So Jess actually pointed this out yesterday. Um, it's a beginning of a new trilogy, but takes place in the same world and within actually the same family as the Hidden Legacy series that starts with Burn For Me. Um, so Catalina, who is the uh, one of the main characters in this book, is the younger sister of Nevada, who is one of the main characters in in the first set of three, the first trilogy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has this like super unique magic power that I'm not going to tell you about because I feel like it would be a little bit of a spoiler, but she doesn't like to use it because of the way that it impacts other people. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Doing a good job of teasing this one. Uh, so she doesn't Aww. like to use it, but she's a prime, which is like the highest level of magic um, user in this hidden legacy universe and her friend finds herself in a bit of a situation. Um, so she has to go to try to help this person and potentially use her magic. And, uh, she ends up being connected, um, with Alessandro, who, if you have read the first trilogy, you will know, uh, there's a little bit of a teaser between the two of them in that he is also an incredibly powerful, uh, person in this world. And, um, yeah, I think once I started the first trilogy, I finished all three books within, I don't know, maybe four days, if it took that <laughs> long. Uh, it was over the, the Christmas holidays for me. So I, I didn't have a whole lot else I had to do, but I did just tear straight through them. Um, nice. So I'm excited to add this one to the collection. Again, that's Sapphire Flames by Elona Andrews. I believe it comes out in August. Nice. Oh, man. August is going to be a very busy month because my third book is also coming out in August, actually the day after one day to fall. So I don't know how I'm going to live through that week. Um, and I that is the, the wallflower wager oh, by Tessa Dare. Yeah. Um, I've been waiting for the third Girl Meets Duke book, and it is Penelope's book. If you have read the first two in the series, you know how amazing Penelope is because she has a gaggling collection of stray animals that she loves and takes care of and lets just go about in her house. Um, there, there have been lambs, there have been ducks, there have been goats, there's a, an otter, there's a hedgehog. It's just so great. And I don't even care who she falls in love with. It's just <laughs> the fact that I get to, I get to spend a few hundred pages 
with Penelope. <laughs> it probably, I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess, it probably won't be the otter. Uh, which is shameful. Absolutely shameful. Maybe Tessa Dare has shifted into shifter romance, but <laughs> my guess is, although you know what, honestly, I agree with you. She's great. Whatever she wants to do, I feel like she'll be able to pull it off. Yeah. Is that, so there we go. Tessa Dare, your next thing. Shifter historicals with otters and hedgehogs. Boom. Done. We're so good at helping people figure out what they need to write next. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of a another book that I feel like I actually did help to will this one into the universe, which is a thousand percent not true, because I'm sure Alexa Martin had it in mind long before <laughs> I had even read uh, Intercepted, um, which is where one of the characters in this book makes her first appearance. But Blitz by Alexa Martin comes out later this year. This one, I, I think... Doesn't come out till December, just so you'll have a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. Um, but there was just a gorgeous cover reveal this week. Oh, God, that cover. Um, yeah. And uh, yes, this is a – so that's the third in the um, football-ish series that Alexa Martin is writing. I'm saying football-ish because all of the heroes are actually professional football players. But it's okay if you don't like football. You can still – very much enjoy uh, any of these books. Um, and in fact, I was a little surprised by, not in a bad way, um, by how much you didn't need to have read Interception in order to enjoy Fumbled, which is the second book. So Interception is the first book, Fumbled is the second. And you really, like we've talked about before, sometimes you kind of need to have read the other books. In that case, you didn't. Uh -huh. So that's just to say, feel free to get caught up. But if you don't, you can read Blitzed. Um, so Bryn, who is one of the main characters in this book, has been in the other uh, books as well. Um, she's a small business owner. She ends up um, hiring the heroine from the first book to kind of, you know, give her a second chance, help her get some can't just get some stuff going. Um, mm -hmm. And this book starts out with like the two characters, Bryn and Maxwell, who's part of the the Denver team that these guys all play on, having sort of like a bad beginning. Um, like they have some sort of a situation that like just throws them both off. And like they have – at least she has no interest in ever talking to him again. Um, and he's keeping why that situation unraveled the way that it did a secret, which I do love a, a little bit of a secret in a romance. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, he's a pro football player. She's owns this cool, you know, women-focused uh, business. And I just have been um, more and more delighted by Alexa Martin's books as they have come out. So I am excited to read Blitzed in – December when it December third though so it's like early well, December so that's everybody early December yeah it's fine you can make sure someone gets it for you for Christmas oh, or yeah. not wait that long mm -hmm. yeah or read it if you have travel you know for traveling for holidays of any kind whatever um, mm -hmm. if you need like a post Thanksgiving read I don't know whatever you need to do Blitz by Alexa Martin will be a great fit for it so I think those are. I mean, that's I like. We may end up doing this again. How many books did you have on your list that you were looking forward to in 2019? Oh gosh, I narrowed it down to 15. Yeah, so there are a lot of great books. There's a good chance we'll be doing this again. But for mm -hmm. now, those are some books to look forward to uh, that are coming out. And it was nice, I think, of me to put in one for consideration that's already out. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, in the meantime, you can read the Ladies' Guide to Celestial Mechanics. Um, or you could read a book by uh, an underrated author. Did you see how I did that transition? It was pretty great, right? That was a great transition. Mm -hmm. It was very good. Thank yeah. you. Um, thank you for uh, feeding me while I was fishing for compliments. <laughs>
So I was reading some books uh, last week that made me think about the fact that there are uh, certain books and certain authors out there that I feel like I should have heard of or I feel like I should be hearing more about, but for one reason or another, have not, Um, which made us think that maybe it was time to do a, you know, segment on some of the underrated romance authors or underknown romance authors out in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. So I... I think I've told you at least some of mine. Jess, do you want to start? Let us know what yours are. Sure. Um, one of mine, which is actually interesting to me because I keep buying her books and um, not reading them. I've read the first book in her more popular series, um, but it made it a lasting impact on me. It's Tracy Livesay. Um, and yes. the, I read Love on My Mind. And it was immediately a an auto buy for her, which I then did, and then um, missed my chance to read them. So that's going to happen. Um, but it was just one of those things where uh, you know her writing is great. Um, in Love on My Mind, one of the protagonists um, is on the autism spectrum, and she did a lot of research into how to portray that well, and she just. She she writes such amazing characters that I do care that they fall in love and have a happy ending. But I'm just more delighted in her character development and her the worlds that she creates. Um, so I want more people to at least read those three books. And I'm I am actually not sure if she has written more. She has written some other books, um, and she's been, if I'm not mistaken, she's been part of. Some of the anthologies, maybe the rogue anthologies that have bounced around yeah. as well. But yeah, no, I, um, not that you need my endorsement, but I fully endorse <laughs> anybody who wants to read more Tracy Lucy. So my first, uh, mention is an author who also I see a lot of her books and I own actually a fair number of them. And I've read a good number. I just always forget until I'm reading them again, how great they are. So I was reading last week, uh, The Unleashing, which is the first book in the Call of Crows series by Shelley Lawrenston. And I was reminded of how funny her books are. Like, she is one of the great romantic comedy writers working right now, you wouldn't necessarily know it because she writes a lot of paranormal. And so I think (laughs) people don't always put those in the same place as somebody, you know, like uh, um, Helen Wong or, you know, some of the other really great romance writers who are writing comedy right now. Um, I also think that maybe the fact that her books, the, the covers don't tend to align with what we currently sort of think of as a romantic comedy cover. Like in the whole um, Call of Crows series, they're all sort of like attractive, brooding Vikings. Um, <laughs> and they are actually Vikings. So that's that's a real thing. Um, but anyway, they are – not only do they feature a lot of humor, there's um, – in the Call of – in the Unleashing uh, and the Call of Crows series generally, there's a uh, – huge community of women. So the way that Call of Crows actually works, I'll give you like a little bit of background, is that um, Akira, the main character, starts the book by dying, but <laughs> she is given a second chance at life by this goddess who turns her into what is called a crow. So the crows are essentially this um, elite fighting force that battles on behalf of one of the gods. Uh, and then there are a whole other group there are nine total clans that each fight for one of 
the gods for whatever reason. You can read it and get into it, whatever. But when Kira finds out that she is, uh, you know, a crow, she has, she kind of has to go live in what they call the bird's nest, which is this huge mansion, um, in somewhere in Southern California. I don't know my Southern California well enough to tell you exactly where, um, <laughs> with all of these other women who are also crows and who are also helping defend the universe. And, uh, they're also, you know, women. So, mm-hmm. and humans, right? So like, there's a lot of figuring out how to live with a group of other humans in such close quarters, especially when you are also on your second life. Uh, so anyway, I will say Shelley Lawrence generally wonderful. Um, but the unleashing, which is the first book in the call of crow series is a great place to start. Absolutely. And I have been meaning to read that for a while. Um, I think I own at least two Shelley Lawrence books. Are you noticing a pattern? Uh-huh. I'm yep. noticing a pattern. Uh- yep. <laughs> Um, and the same can go for, um, Naima Simone, who I had been sort of collecting for a while and then decided to, to read one of her books cause it was a novella and I was in a novella mood. I think I was at home sick. Um, and I was just like struck in the face with her writing and, um, it was one of those where it was, it was very short, but I was, it, it, it put me through all of, all of the things. The ringer, basically. Um, in, you know, I was happy. I was sad. I was crying. I was laughing. My heart was twisted. It loosened it, itself up again. And it was just, um, and that was the novella. Like, I'm afraid to try one of her longer books because I can't handle that much angst um, <laughs> but um i look forward to eventually trying um and the book that i read that did all of the things to me was only for a night which is the first in the lick series um but she she also has a wags series wives and girlfriends um see i picked something up from intercepted yep. <laughs> um, look at you <laughs> uh featuring um football people and the people they fall in love with um and she you know she's not like wildly prolific but she's got enough of a backlist in different categories um that she's really worth trying out and i know we've talked about her work before um but i i wish i saw more i think that's fair and that's what this whole segment is about get on it everybody yeah. start reading more nima simone Yes. So that's great. We actually, we have talked um, a few times about the person who's next on my list. And some people would probably argue that she's not underrated, but I think she is. And I will tell you why. So um, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that I had not yet picked up Her Other Secret by Helen K. Damone because I had picked up a different book instead. And that is Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that despite winning awards and, um, you know, having made bestseller lists and all of that stuff, that Sonali Dev is actually really underrated. I uh, am not super far into this book yet, but even just within the first like two pages, I was reminded of how much detail and depth she writes with. And she has kind of a a Beverly Jenkins style of um, writing history and um, detail and, and a lot of prose, which a lot of romance tends to be more on the heavy on the dialogue side of things, which is Great. I mean, sometimes that's wonderful. If I'm at the gym, that is exactly where I need to be, right? Yeah. Um, but 
the the payoff in the Sonali Dev books of, you know, because there is so much more dimension and so much more depth than some of the other books that you will come across, it gives it kind of almost, it gives your books kind of almost an epic feel, like a sort of epic dramatic feel, but you still know that you're going to get to the happily ever after. So it's almost like when you're in the mood to read a book that is going to kind of put you through the ringer, but also you know that it's going to be okay in the end. Yeah. I don't know that she gets enough credit just for writing such beautiful uh, multidimensional stories as she does. Um, and so I think let's give her that credit. So good job, Sonali Dev, and thank you. Yes, thank you, Sonali Dev. Um, and I'm going to cheat because I'm going to throw out that another author who is similarly like that, who just build, builds out that kind of prose and depth of story and also writes amazingly intense um, which is not like Somali Dev at all, um, but writes amazingly intense <laughs> erotic romances. Oh, um, sure, yeah. <laughs> it's Cecilia Tan, who oh, yeah. I've, I should be talking about more, and everyone else should too. Um, but that is not my third author that I want to talk about. Can you give <laughs> us a Cecilia Tan title that we should start with? Gosh, yes. Uh, so uh, one that you should start with is Taking the Lead. Um, which does have a lot of elements of BDSM and other kinky things, but it's also just amazing character development and depth of story and all of that. Yay. Um, so that's taking the lead. Um, not to be confused with take the lead <laughs> by Alexis Daria. Yeah. Which is a very different book. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> you know what? I'll just link to it in the show notes. You guys will be able to find it. It'll be great. All right. But my third underrated author. Um, who maybe people are talking about, and I'm just not in those conversations, is Kathy Yardley. Um, and she is actually, like, her covers indicate very much what she writes, which maybe is why um, I don't see a lot of conversation about it. But she writes very geeky, very funny um, romance. It's, you know, some of them take place in such fandom universes that maybe some people are hesitant to approach it. Um, some of the fandom is real. Some of the fandom is created by Kathy Yardley. Um, and it's just all been delightful that, that I've read. I haven't read um, her serials. She did write um, and sort of coordinate a group of people to write um, serial romance in short installments. Um, but her Fandom Hearts series includes video game creators and bookstore owners and, um, TV stars and people who want to stay away from TV stars and agoraphobic Doctor Who fans and just like, it's, it's such a delightful universe that you get to be a part of when you read the Fandom Hearts series. And I think more people should join it, even if they don't think of themselves as, uh, fanish. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because I don't think of myself as being a rock star and I still read a lot of like rock star romance. So mm -hmm. I'm with you. I like that. And that actually was not meant to be a transition. Man, I'm so good at this. It just happened. <laughs> um, but my last pick is, is somebody who I actually talked about on the last uh, episode and I actually still have only read um, Perfect Rhythm by Jay, which is just spelled J-A-E, although now I have finished mm -hmm. it uh, and still found it incredibly delightful and a really interesting and kind of layered, complicated portrayal of life in a small town, particularly um, if you are queer in this case. Uh, 
the it's two women who fall in love with each other and one of them is asexual um and it was like i said it was just a really lovely book it actually has a fair number of ratings and reviews on goodreads but i was uh, a little surprised that i hadn't heard more about it before i picked it up or had heard had mm-hmm. heard more about jay the author and i you know i went to buy the next book in the series which is called not the marrying kind i think it might just be the two books um mm-hmm. and realized that i i bought the first one with a gift card uh and i realized that they're these are ten dollar books like kindle mm-hmm. version and i think yeah. that it is unfortunate that and i you know i still bought it i figure if i'm telling other people to buy it i should do it too um mm-hmm. but it's I think it's kind of, I wonder if that might be part of the reason that Jay and other actually, um, writers of queer romance. And it seems to me, Jess, and you may have seen this differently. Um, I certainly could be wrong, but it seems like a lot of FF romance, a lot of romance between two women does, you know, if you're Georgia Beers or some of the other authors that people know well, they do tend to be more expensive, right? If you can buy a different romance for $3, it can be hard to make that commitment. Um, not that the authors don't deserve to get paid. That is absolutely not my argument. It's mm-hmm. just, I, I have noticed that about, um, some of the, um, lesbian romance that I've read. And it's, I, it's, I, I do wonder if that's part of what keeps some of these authors from getting a higher profile. And I, I, I definitely agree with you. And I, I hate to call out one particular publisher because they have to keep their doors open, um, and pay their authors and hopefully pay their authors well when their royalties come through. But Bold Strokes Books is one of the primary publishers of romance featuring women who fall in love. And, like I read so few of their books because of the $10 Kindle fee. And I try to find them in other ways. I request them at my library. I see if I can find them in used bookstores so that I at least can read it and tell other people about it. Um, but it's really hard to think about, even though this is a price point that isn't terrible. Um, but comparatively speaking, like you said, you can read another one that's maybe self-published or published by somebody like Avon that's $3.99 and you'll read that instead if you have a limited amount of money that you provide to yourself to buy Kindle books. And since we are all prolific readers, I think a lot of us do that. Yeah. And it's not universally true. I mean, I think, um, I did look up the price for the Ladies Guide to Celestial Mechanics before we started. And it was more in the general, I don't remember if it was like five or $6, but it was more in that realm. And you know, like you said, it's people need to be able to pay their authors and pay their staff. And I'm not thinking that, you know, a lot of folks in the LGBT romance world are getting super rich off of their, their books, because (laughs) they have a a slightly higher price. But it is, I think, worth noting that um, that could be part of the reason why they sit a little bit further uh, from the outside. So thank you for sharing too some of the um, other places where folks might be able to get them if they can't, you know, swing the cover price. But yeah, so those are that was today's edition of underrated authors. I'm sure we have more of those as well. So maybe we'll talk more about that another time. Um, Oh, yeah. But for now, I feel like we've done as we usually do. We've gone we've gone solidly, not quite an hour, but close to it. So sorry, everybody. (laughs) Hopefully you didn't think that this would be the one episode where we would go short. It is what it is. Nope. AC is on. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. True story.
So yeah, as we mentioned earlier, if you uh, would like to reach out to us to let us know what you are thinking about anything, what you're excited about that's coming out in 2019, or who your favorite underrated authors are, you can send us a note at the when in romance at bookriot.com email box, or you can find us on social media. Yes, you can. Um, if you're looking for me, you can find me at Jess is reading all one word on Twitter or Jess underscore is underscore reading on Instagram. And I am on both at Trisha Haley Brown. There is no O in Brown on Twitter because that's how phonics work on Twitter. <laughs> Just kidding. It's character <laughs> limits. Um, but yeah, please don't hesitate to set a, send us a note. Let us know what you were thinking. As always, let us know if we got anything wrong. We would love to be able to fix it if we did. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, enjoy your reading, everybody. Happy reading, everybody. Happy reading, everybody.